Welcome to the 34 Welcome to Circes. Welcome to Make Matriarchy Great Again. again. Couldn't help it. <laughs> How? Why? Why did I not guess that you would have something? Wow. Up your sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome, everyone. <laughs> exactly. Welcome, everyone, to the 34 Circe Salon podcast, Make Matriarchy Great Again. I am Don Sam Alden, and I am joined today with Sean Marlon Newcomb. Greetings. And Lauren Torres. Hello. Great to see you. Yeah. hear you. <laughs> so glad to be here. So today we are, uh, I'm going to dive right in here. We're going to be talking about Amazons, uh, sort of in general, and then specifically zeroing in on Penthesilea and Hippolyta uh, to take a look at their specific stories. So there is a lot out there on Amazons. Um, a lot of really wonderful books uh, recently have been written. And so I wanted to start the discussion by just uh, citing the specific sources that we are using so you know that uh, that, that is where the bon mots of information that we're going to be uh, dropping down today came from, but that there is a whole bunch of other stuff written about Amazons out there. And, um, you know, for what it's worth... Uh, all of it is valid and all of it is fun and wonderful and good reading and all that sort of thing. Um, but today we're specifically going to be taking information from uh, Quintus of Smyrna, who was a writer in the third century AD. Uh, Adrian Mayer's really, truly wonderful book called The Amazons. And uh, Natalie Haynes, um, whose wonderful book is called Pandora's Jar, Women in the Greek Myths, um, also a fantastic book. And of course, um, the uh, book Double Goddess by our own Vicki Noble. Um, now, yes, exactly. Uh, Adrian and Natalie, of course, have quite a variety of sources that they quote from. Uh, Euripides, Apollonius, Pseudo-Apollodorus of Rhodes, Pausanias, Sean, help me if I'm pronouncing these wrong, and Diodorus uh, Siculus. So uh, other sources, of course, uh, sneak in there, but uh, those are those four are our primary sources today. Um, and like santa claus or i don't know vampires and werewolves um because the amazons have been a subject of um, narrative storytelling for so many millennia um based in history we believe uh but certainly reinvented uh century after century in order to tell the story that that particular writer wanted to tell um the myths and uh stories about the amazons are legion so uh, to lead us into some of those stories, uh, Sean, you want to take it away? Yeah, I think it's what would be interesting. Let's just uh, first state who the Amazons were thought to be. So the issue now in a lot of scholarship is whether Amazons existed, whether they were simply a the misinterpretation by ancient sources of female warriors who were part of a larger band of male and female warriors in a more common sort of tribe format, but the classical idea is that they were a female-only band of warriors, sometimes talked about as warriors and hunters, but more specifically warriors who lived, had their homeland at the mouth of the Thermodon, which is on the Black Sea, on Pontus, that they were 
in some myths, hostile to the male-led cities around them, that they forged their own way, that some myths say that they uh, were the first to domesticate horses, the first to wear pants. There's a lot of stories about them, but they are really thought, uh, the, the special thing about them is they are female-only tribe of warriors. So that's, that's the basic myth. And so the question is, at least for people now, is a couple fold. One, did they exist? That's a question I really think about a lot and want to explore. And then the other question is, if not, what did they represent? Or even if they did, what did they represent mm -hmm. in the stories and to the people, the, the groups that were around at that time? So Yeah, Sean. And I was thinking as you're talking too, I often feel that just the, the way that women warriors were perceived, I think any awesome one, woman warrior who appeared on the scene, the Greeks or the Romans might have lumped them in together too. So I, I could see where that group of Amazons existed and there were also other women warriors as well that would have been sort of brought into some of the legends because, you know, the Greeks were a little bit stunned that anybody... <laughs> Any woman came along sure. and knew how to fight. Yeah. yeah, so stunned that, you know, they they created an enormous amount of art um, uh, on the subject of the Amazons. Uh, I've read in a couple of places now that the only, um, the only subject that appeared in more Greek art than the Amazons was uh, Heracles, Hercules. Hmm. So yeah. they, yeah. yeah, they, they loved the Amazons as a subject right for creating all kinds of art. I think one for me too is, you know, we'll, and we'll get into the stories and the legends, which are great. Uh, I think for me though, one of the reasons why I, th I fall on the side of uh, in a small group of people who think that there was a Themyscira or Themyscira and that the Amazons had a tribe and a homeland is, you know, I, I like to always cite Occam's razor, right? Simplest solution is best solution. And so when, the, when it's said that, well, maybe they were Sarmatians, or they saw Sarmatian warrior women, or they saw Scythian warrior women, but the Greeks specifically distinguished among those tribes. So I think it would be odd if they were to say, there's a tribe called the Scythians, and they have women warriors, and there's a tribe called Sarmatians, and they have women warriors, and somehow they, of those two tribes, imagine another tribe because of those women warriors. I mean, if it's if you see where I'm going with that, it doesn't seem very logical or rational. They, they right. have a very clear ethnography of these different groups, and the Amazons are separate from them, and very clearly right. separate from them. And uh, I think also, I think, and I, let's let's go right to our Vicky Noble quote. I like the idea of, you know, we talk a lot about the old Europe matriarchies on the podcast, and there is an, a line of argument that um, that Vicky brings up, which is that she points out, she says, active female resistance in violent times that developed into armed priestesses who determined to fight to save their religion. The Amazons then symbolize women's desire for freedom. So, and then uh, she quotes another source, which is... Um, Immanuel Cantor, who's a 1920s writer and a Marxist writer, Marxist theorist, but he argues that the Amazons represent a resistance movement against violent male dominance. Amazons do not appear until barbarism is firmly established as a system, for it is from the disruption of the primitive communist tribes, which are on the point of becoming patriarchal in character, that they arise. His understanding of their dual system of leadership is very insightful. This society was ruled democratically by them through the mechanism of a peace queen and a war queen, who were in reality chiefs equivalent to the Sachem and war chief in an Iroquois tribe. So this is from Vicki Noble's book, Double Goddess. I recommend everybody go out and get it because it's a great book. But it's the idea that perhaps, and I, I think this for me holds a lot of water, they were an offshoot of when these old York matriarchies were attacked and destroyed by the Indo-European invaders that some may have splintered off and created their own resistance movement. So anyway, that's yeah. I mean, right. if, you're, if you're being overrun by a culture that is basically completely taking away your rights, I'd fight yeah. back. Right. And then banding together, women are known for working together, um, which I think is an element that comes out of some of the stories about the Amazons. Um, so there's, there's the power in numbers and knowing how to work together. And yeah. I really think that, the reason women don't always 
start with war is because there's so much work to raise children. That was always what my mom said. She's like, it takes so much work to raise a child or to get them to that point that you're not throwing them away. You're not just like, let's go to war (laughs) and destroy the children I've spent all this time um, raising and feeding. And um, so, yeah, I would think that Amazon's had a really good reason to go to war, you know, to be together and to, to keep their way of life perhaps. Yeah. And if you, if you, um, sort of extrapolate the idea of this uh, a matriarchal society where the values of the maternal values were embraced by the entire society. It wasn't just the women that were aware how long it took to raise and care for a child, but it was the entire society. This was a society-wide value. So Right. And so scholars don't go crazy and start, you know, gnashing you know ripping their shirts and gnashing their teeth we know we recognize that there a lot of information needs to be uncovered to be able to prove some of these arguments but i i just you know wanted to put that out there that there is a way to look at it in that sense so let's kind of migrate to the myths i suppose and i wanted to i thought what what might be fun is that in over the course of time of you know looking into amazons and reading about amazons i was Surprise, and again, this is another reason I, I kind of start to lean towards, you know, the reality of these women. There are so many names of Amazons out there. Like I, I was not aware there were so many Amazons attested to by name. Uh, right, like, I was surprised as well. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's just really interesting. You don't hear about them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's sort of like, you know, it's it's a very extensive and specific kind of thing to create this world of these warriors and not only were they they attested to by name but they were also uh were uh, reputed to have cre- uh, founded cities so i thought it might be fun if i could actually find it now that, I, now that I, yes we can hear your your page yes, turning I'm over there i'm trying to find the pages but um there were a number of amazons who Supposedly founded cities um, like Ephesus and Crete uh, and Smyrna, uh, besides the Mascara, you know, so there were a lot of different cities that they were thought to have founded. People in the ancient world would point out, oh, this is our, you know, this is where the Amazon, uh, it would be like a tourist thing. This is where the Amazon was buried and our town was named after her and it's this particular Amazon. So that was very common in right. the world. Very Again, another, it's it's widespread, and so another reason why I think it's pretty, it's it would be odd if this is an absolute fiction that yeah. so many different places right. were claimed to have been widespread over a time where people weren't connected by information as much, but still right. there were all these different places where they name these different Amazons, and yet you know somehow we're supposed to finally found it, we're supposed to not believe they are. So just a few names, just I want to. Give it. So there's Lysippi, who is the founder of Themyscira, the reported founder of Themyscira. Um, and, uh, and she is reported, she's the sort of the mother, the George Washington of the Amazon world, according to the ancient sources. So Lysippi is that. Um, Ephesia Hippo, who founded Ephesus. Um, there is Velasco, who was a tyrant queen uh, and very cruel. So she's very interesting. There's Andromache, Andromache, who is a great Amazon warrior. There's Clete, K-L-E-T-E, who founded the city of Clete, as, as it's uh, reported. Um, there was Eureli, who was a warrior in the Amazon Omaki, which is the Amazon war against the Greeks. Uh, there's Marpisa, who led an invasion on Syria and Anatolia, according to the ancient sources. Um, there is Lampedo, who was a joint queen with Marpisa, so there's your double goddess, your double queen. Um, there is Ikea, one of Andromache's Amazon generals. Uh, there is Anea, who is an Amazon conqueror. Uh, and I can go on and on. I mean, I have at least 20 different names of Amazons other than Penthesilea and Hippolyta. So and right. many of them were from uh, the names uh, had an element of the word horse in them. Mm-hmm. Like Lysippi, like Hippolyta, yeah, um, the Greek word for horse, uh, which highlights their close association with riding on horseback. And right. uh, what I think is interesting too, there's one that has an association that you might 
find this one interesting that's associated with wolf. Her name is Lycopsis, and she is known as the mm. she wolf. That yeah. was what that name means. So, but yeah, we have so many fun names, and their names are forgotten. So we say their names so people remember them. Now. Right. And I personally hadn't heard of Penthesilea until we started talking about it. I, I read um, Natalie Haynes' book, and she was just awesome. <laughs> and I thought, why why had I not heard of her? And I thought it was interesting, Natalie, the author, talked about um, if you see so many different stories, this person was really a big time, a big deal. And that's true of Hippolyta and uh, Penthesilea, which I haven't said, tried to say out loud, loud until just now. <laughs> Penthesilea, Penthesilea, yeah. Penthesilea, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a tongue twister for modern yeah. modern tongues. Yeah, but, and but I, her story's all over the place. You know that that it shows up in many places, meaning she was talked about. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it interesting uh, the point that. Uh, uh, Natalie Haynes makes about how the three Amazon names that we know the most are, of course, the three that are associated with myths about um, famous Greek male figures. Right. So, you know, Penthesilea is usually talked about in conjunction with Achilles, Antiope in conjunction with Theseus, and uh, Hippolyta in conjunction with Heracles mm -hmm. or Hercules. And of course, they're associated with them in terms of they either lose to them or they are wooed and wowed by these big, strong Greek warrior guys, which is maybe a great way we can start into the myth because in Adrian Bayer's book, uh, she points out a, a really, it just, it has haunted me ever since reading it because it's, it's like a parallel world. There are two things that make me think of a parallel world when it comes to the Amazons of what if, and one is this story, which is from the Nart sagas. And we had, uh, John Colarusso on about the Nart sagas. And these were sagas that come from the Black Sea region, which was, of course, the hotbed of, I always call it the hotbed, the fertile crescent of warrior women and matriarchy is, yeah. is the Black Sea region. So, and there are, there are many tales that are very female centric, that with powerful queens, powerful priestesses and powerful women warriors. Uh, and so there's one tale in here, which is the reverse and perhaps earlier version of the Penthesilea uh, story. But it also makes me think of the Ethiopis, which is where we really get the Penthesilea story, and we don't have that work. The Ethiopis is one of the uh, epic cycle, and it's one of the lost great works of the ancient world, and it tells the story of the our Amazon, our Amazon heroine for today. But I'll just yeah. I'll very quickly read from Adrian Mayer's, Mayer's book, and this is her great book, The Amazons. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting Adrian. She's a very wonderful person. Um, and this tells the story. So when we talk about Penthesilea, we're going to talk about her in the context of the Trojan War and her battle with Achilles. And in that battle, you know, of course, the great Greek warrior has to be victorious. But in an earlier version, not so much. So uh, the story or part of the story goes like this. In olden times, the earth thundered with the pounding of horses' hooves. In that long-ago age, women would saddle their horses, grab their lances, and ride forth with their men, menfolk, to meet the enemy in battle on the steps. The women of that time could cut out an enemy's heart with their swift, sharp swords, yet they also comforted their men and harbored great love for their hearts. In the frenzied battle, Queen Amazon, that was her name, leaned down from her saddle and realized in despair that the warrior she had killed was her beloved. A choking cry filled her throat. My son has set forever, S-U-N. Um, so in this case, it was the Amazon who wins the battle with the uh, male warrior and feels tender, loving attraction to him, much like we see reversed in the Greek version of the story. Right. So, which leads us yeah. to Epicelea. Yeah. So in that in that version, which was in the Ethiopus, which we lost, Penthesilea is um, it tells the story of after Hector is killed, the Trojans are despairing. What shall we do? We can't stop the Greeks. We can't stop Achilles. And who should ride into the rescue? But an interesting duo, an Amazon warrior woman and an Ethiopian king. So <laughs> those yeah. two come in to save the day. Uh, and right. we'll talk about Penthesilea. So Penthesilea comes on the scene, and she is described thus. Uh, we have a 
uh, a scene from a, a an appearance by the goddess Dawn. So I'll, mm. I'll make sure to bring that up. Dawn's <laughs> always here. good. Exactly. <laughs> so what they talk about her, and they say, so they name her. Um, so peerless was she mid that charging host. Cloné was there, Polemus, Dirine, Evandre, Antrine, Bermus, Hippolyte, Alcine, and these are all Amazons that they're naming. Uh, Derimachia and Brote and Thermidosa glorying with the spear. So she brought her she brought her crew along with her. She had her peeps. Penthesilea, right. even when even as when descends dawn from Olympus crest of adamant, dawn heart exultant in her radiant steeds. Amidst the bright-haired hours and o'er them all, how flawless fair soever they, these may be, her splendor of beauty glows preeminent. So peerless amid all the Amazons, unto the Troy town Penthesilea came. And so that's her big right. entry. You know, these great Amazons are showing up, but no one stands out more than Penthesilea. Right. So. She's also described as Thracian Penthesilea, which I thought yes. that was interesting. Should we yeah. talk a little bit about the Thracians and the Thracian world? Go for it. Well, Thrace is where modern-day Bulgaria would be. And the Thracians were known, even in the, ancient, in the ancient world, they had a great reputation, both male and females being warriors. In fact, Spartacus, I'm pretty sure, was Thracian. Um, so they were known for being fighters. And so it's not surprising that they would have fighting women, of course, with them. But it's also the same location where some of the old Europe matriarchies were. That's right. literally the same region. So it's not, again, to me, these are tantalizing clues. They connect, perhaps, with where these Amazons really came from. So she's thought of as being Thracian. And the Thracians are interesting. We're going to do something a little further down where we talk about the Thracian gods and goddesses. And I thought um, there is one that really stands out that I thought I'd mention. And the Thracian god, Des, is named Bendis. And Bendis is literally like a Thracian Artemis. So she's associated with hunting in the moon. Um, she is, is identified with Artemis. Um, she display, you know, but she is really distinct from her. Um, and she's also one of like a great mother god. So Thracians had, like Scythians, had a, a faith, a religion that really had very powerful women at its center. So, mm. so, so is her association as being Mars's daughter? Is that a later? Is that considered a later addition? I don't, would the Thracians have turned thought of her as being? I, I think that's Mars definitely is, a, that's definitely a Greek um, a version of the tale because Mars, being the god right. Ares, the god of war, seem Thracian. Yeah, Ares being the god of war, then, you know, this incredible woman warrior must be somehow descended yes. from, right. you know, because she's some so sort good. Of war goddess, because she's right. so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it, it is interesting, you know, they would always take someone else's pantheon and then liken it to their own. So who, right. you know, could it be that they did that as well? But of course, once again, turned maybe a goddess into a god to make it more, yeah. you know, palatable for them. Yeah. The other thing I thought was very interesting was um, the idea that they described her, what she wore and what her weapons were, that they, the dwelling on that topic was what you did with true warriors. You know, like, it's like hearing the whole story. What did they, how did they prepare? What did, what was their armament? What kind of swords did they have? And that all of that was present in her story because she was clearly important enough to know all that information. Or, or it was worth talking about. I thought that was really an interesting part about her story. Yeah, yeah. She is a, as, as you said, I was looking for the section in um, Quintus of Genera where they go through and describe it. Uh, you, you continue on. I'll see if I can find it. But uh, okay. yeah, it's, it's a really incredible, like they go through that. It's like yeah. light that she's you know, wearing. The wonderful, the wonderful point that Natalie Haynes makes about the war belt. Uh, let's talk about that while you're searching sure. for that that uh, passage, Sean. So the word that is described used to describe the war belt of the Amazons 
um, zoster or zoster, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, um, is the same word that is used to describe the war belt of the male warriors. Right. So rather than using the word zone, Z-O-N-E, which is the word that is used to describe a woman's belt and has no martial connotations. So when they describe this, this what has been translated in later years as girdle, right. um, you know, the girdle of Hippolyta that Her- Hercules comes to get, right. it's, not, it's not an article of clothing that women wear. It is a war belt. It is the, it is like Batman's you know, right. belt with all his super tools in it. It's right, where exactly. you hung your sword and, you know, sheathed your ax. It is, yeah. it is a, it wasn't a girdle. It wasn't a girdle. It was, <laughs> it was an article that a, a part of the armaments that warriors right. wore. And the scholars just ignored that the word did not say girdle. It was right. clearly, it's, it was clearly the word for war belt. Right, yeah. right. And instead, for the men, they choose to translate it as, you know, war belt or belt or, you know. Um, so you're saying Achilles thing. didn't have a girdle? Achilles <laughs> probably did. Well, you know, no, I don't know what he know. did back right. in his tent. So I'm sorry, a, a little too much beer. You might need a girdle. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But it, um, it makes me think of a 1960s commercial, like you know, form-fitting girdle for the Amazon in your household. You yes. know, just, oh, good lord! I could just see it. Yeah, and her, you know, one of Hercules' myths was that he spent a, a significant amount of time um, uh, hanging out, uh, dressed as a woman, with uh, one of yeah. the many queens that he uh, romanced and spent some time with. So you know, there's no, uh, there's no shade there. Yeah, I think he would also, I think, did she beat him with a sandal while he was dressed like that? It's she a did. real interesting, yeah. Real yeah, interesting thing. yeah. Well, I have found. Okay, go app, for which, it. So let me see if I can uh, go through it. Then did she array her shoulders in those wondrous fashioned arms given her, the, given her of the war god. First she laid beneath her silver gleaming knees the greaves fashioned of gold, close clipping of the strong limbs. Her rainbow radiant corslet clasped she then about her, and around her shoulders slung, with glory in her heart the massy brand whose shining length was in a scabbard sheath of ivory and silver. Next her shield, unearthly splendid, caught she up, whose rim swelled like the young moon's arching chariot rail. When high over ocean's fathomless flowing stream she rises with the space half filled with light, betwixt her bowing horns so so did it shine, unutterably fair. Then on her head she settled the bright helmet, overstreamed with a wild mane of golden glistening hair. And that is Penthesilea. And so. uh, it's interesting that they use the word corset in the translation, yes. which I think probably <laughs> One might guess breastplate. Yeah. Yes. Not corset, <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, since it's armor, again, right. armor, not underwear that she's putting right. on. Yeah, it just makes me laugh. I just, I, I just picture them imagining this, you know, this dainty kind of outfit she might have on. So right. you know, something that is more appropriate for a lady. So they thought. Right. <laughs> and, and I think, if I recall correctly, pretty much nobody could stand against her but Achilles. You know, yeah. nobody could take her down. Yeah, he was the just, only one who could take her down. She just cut a swath through the Greeks. Yeah, yeah looking, and she was specifically looking for Ajax right. or Achilles because yeah. she was looking for you know someone who could give her a good fight. Yeah, yeah. versus Hector, I think was inclined to maybe run away, but he. Well, Hector is on her side, so right. But well, earlier, I, think, I, think he, I mean, yeah, they, I think he ran away three. I think he ran around. Right, she did run Troy all. three times. He ran away. I, I right, believe he did. Right, because even he didn't like. You know, they they talk him up, but he was scared to go against Achilles. She was not. She did not. No. She didn't go. Oh dear! She just went for it. And well, one of the sorry, uh, sorry, one of the um. One of the the stories say that the reason why she specifically was in Troy, why she brought, you know, she came with a band of Amazons to fight at Troy. They were looking for glory. They were looking for a fight, um, looking to get some fighting in. 
get a little action in. Um, but that she was seeking purification in battle for the accidental killing of her relative Hippolyta. This mm -hmm. is a different Hippolyta, one would assume, than the Hippolyta that uh, has a story that's intertwined with Hercules. Um, but uh, so she is, there was a belief at the time that if you had committed a murder, and many of the Greek heroes, um, this was their impetus to go to great battles. Um, male heroes was that if you had killed a relative or done some sort of killing that was more against wrong, the gods was against yeah. the gods yeah that the way that you could um receive your um uh cleanse yourself of that stain was to do great deeds in battle right so she was um she was fitting into this pattern of male Greek heroes who went to battle to cleanse their souls of, mm -hmm. um, of a sin, essentially. Right. On, on that, there's a couple of things too. So in the, in the scene in the book, she gets a message from Athena that she can defeat. Now it's said that she gets a false message that she could never mm. hope to defeat, of course, the mighty Achilles, but she's told yeah. she gets kind of pumped up by the goddess to go out there and fight this foolish fight. I don't buy uh, that. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> with you. Athena is always trotted out whenever the patriarchy wants to say, like whenever they want to diminish the, the, the valor of a woman, they 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 get Athena in there to kind of you know to to kind of t you know <laughs> it sounds like a convenient plot device to me. <laughs> well, that's, I, it, 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 doesn't that really fit the trope that that the yeah. Western warrior uses, which is you use the person from the tribe you're attacking against the tribe. You divide them, you find right. the traitor, you get someone. So for women, it becomes you use a woman against the woman, and it's interesting. <laughs> it happens in this book as well because there's a scene in which Hector's wife is annoyed that Penthesilea is showing up and she right. basically says to her you my husband couldn't beat him how are you going to beat him mm. and the thought is that she felt that her prestige is tied to the man she was with so if this woman shows up and beats Achilles it makes her seem even weaker so another right. kind of conflict and division although yeah. i will say that Athena is by no means on the side of women in no. any of her interactions. She no. was definitely uh, a goddess that was transformed by Greek myths into, right. you know, that cool chick that doesn't have any women friends yeah, and exactly. therefore right. is one of the boys, you know. Right. She, uh, from, She's one of the it, good ones. It was almost oh. like they couldn't yeah. go without a goddess, so they had to have one that represented them. Like, they, they just couldn't completely stamp a goddess out, so then they just... May, you know, they transformed her into one that was on their side. Yeah. And, you know, a patriarchy that way loving. didn't have to lower himself to take that woman down. They just sent Athena out to, to kind of um, uh, diminish her what, in whatever way she needed to be diminished, if she was weaving or if she was fighting or whatever that might be. Well, it fits the whole yeah. paradigm we talk about, how the, how these myths and legends are used to kind of bolster these patriarchal notions. I do want to point right. out, though, that something Vicky points out, which she has said to us in conversations, Dawn, and I think she may have said on the podcast, talking about the connection between Troy and the Amazons. Right. And we were talking about the founding of cities, founding of cultures, and as Vicky points out in Double Goddess, she says, Greek commentators named the Amazon queen Marina as the ancestress of the royal line of Troy. So the Trojans mm. being descended from the Amazon empire, the Amazon tribe. So in some mm -hmm. sense, you know, she's coming back for, like you were pointing out, Dawn, from the Greek standpoint to cleanse herself, but there's also an alternate version, an alternate idea that maybe she's coming back to the homeland to, to help her, her people in a certain right. sense, yeah. her, her yeah. brethren, sisters, you yeah. know. Her sister. There, sister, there you go. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene in there too, uh, which I'll, I'll, I'll try to find, where when she comes back, she inspires the Trojan women. The Trojan yeah. women get so excited. Yeah, like, I love oh, that scene. Yeah. I love that scene. They're watching the Amazons fight, and they're like, "Let's do that too! We're in. We're in. <laughs> Let's do it!" 
It's a great so they all grab group. weapons and start running for the door. Right. And then one of the older women is like, um, no training. You Sorry, don't have you any training. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. not the best moment. Yeah. I, I didn't like, I think, I feel like the other overlay for Pentensilea is the, the idea that um, Achilles became obsessed with death. Like there's this idea, you know, as opposed to Achilles was so amazed by her that he honored her as a warrior that, oh, he fell in love with her. And then there's this whole weird overlay thing about loving dead bodies or something, which is more likely to come up related to her, I, I, as I understand it, than than her glorious battle capabilities. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in the, in like the necrophilia itself. or something, it's like, oh, hey, think, that yeah. feels like, that feels was, like an overlay to. Yeah. yeah there's I, one, one story that talked about how Achilles not only fell in love with her after he killed her and saw her face, but held onto her body and, uh, and, you know, yeah. As yeah. opposed to which I think might've been more realistic as he was so impressed that he honored her as a true warrior after she died, which was not something he normally did. Well, in, in Quintus of Smyrna, he does do that. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't go on the weird, you know, dead body route. It goes into the, right. the route of he, he honors her in a way he didn't Hector. As a right. fact. He honors her in a way he didn't. So I'm, I, <laughs> I look at this fall of Troy and I, and I imagine, and I hope that what we're getting when we read it, is what we could have found in the Ethiopus that maybe this is a remix. I'm hoping, right, of, of the Ethiopus, yeah, yeah, because it really yeah. is. It does take a whole scene of just her and her battle with the you know entire book of that. So, but in that, yes, I mean uh, Achilles brings her, you know, honors her in her death, brings her back to the Trojans, and then they give her a proper warrior's burial. I think where they, she, they yeah, were, where she's yeah. buried with her horse, which which Adrian Mayer points out, we have actually found graves of women warriors that were buried with their horses. So right. this is... Or this as is, the archaeologist must have said, that she was married to a warrior exactly. her boyfriend. <laughs> buried with his horse. That was her boyfriend's <laughs> a horse. A lot of yeah. times. Exactly. Yes. Totally had to be her dad's horse. <laughs> yes, and, right. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing that Adrian Mayer points out, which I think is interesting, that could later perhaps have been interpreted as mm -hmm. Achilles developing necrophiliac urges mm -hmm. towards her, is that a beautiful corpse was one of the conventional Greek markers or proofs of mm. a heroic end. Okay. So if you died well in battle, then your corpse would be beautiful. Okay. So you would look you would look beautiful in death as a reflection of the quality of your right. death. And yeah. uh, that this is a convention that that was often seen in Greek writing about right. heroes' deaths. So and that it, may it have been such a Greek, an ancient Greek, is it yeah. not on a yeah. very ancient Greek sensibility? Yeah. 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 yeah so, so I think all of this is body. to say That's that all, she was so matter. great. It was about her her being such a great warrior. Yeah. And anything else that followed later, oh, Achilles went crazy or whatever, was just that kind of trying to pull the. <laughs> you know get the the horse back into the stable, stable right, know, like, right. let's try to, to diminish this a little bit but yeah I, I think you for me that seemed to be very clear that she must have been magnificent because she was so impressive even after death yeah, and this is another thing too again i'm gonna beat my uh, amazonian horse about it um but Again, we we have in this book, and, and I was thinking about this today as I was thinking about this podcast. Okay, about uh, what, why people have such a doubt that this tribe could have existed, and I think it's interesting. I mean, we see in all these legends when when tribes are brought up, we don't question the reality of whether there was an Ethiopian tribe. And now, obviously, we have an Ethiopia still, so that's that's different. But it would be, it just seems like a really odd inclusion to have all these very everything else. All the other mentions of tribes were absolutely real and historical, and we can go through that. But there's one thing is jammed in. You know, the the ancients just say, you know, let's just make one up. Let's just put in, yeah, you know. So I just think that is another example of it. There's a good case for it. It reminds me of the they have the the topic now of the sea peoples. You know, there's this major destruction and uh, 
1200 BC, where so many civilizations seem to vanish, and there's a record of these people called the Sea Peoples. Now, no one seems to doubt as a scholar that such a people existed. They wore question, who were they? But when it comes to the Amazons, it's the question of whether they existed. So again, right. just throwing it out there again. But yeah, um, but yeah so, we, so we've got this. So that's Penthesilea. I don't know if there's anything else we want to say about our warrior goddess queen. Other than she's awesome. She's yeah, freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, later, <laughs> later stories, of course, you know, once we hit sort of the medieval era and the era of courtly love and chivalry, um, Penthesilea was uh, linked romantically to either Achilles, where uh, they were had a previous involvement and even had a son before they fought at Troy, or um, love stories uh, between Penthesilea and Hector started to be told. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I think really the focus is that she was a kick-ass warrior yeah. and um, part of a group. Of warriors, you know, one of the right. things that is pointed out is that Amazons don't appear as solitary figures like mm-hmm. Greek heroes do. You know, there's the stories of Odysseus, the stories of Theseus, the stories right. of you know this guy or that guy. But Amazons always were, even though there were heroines among them, they always came in a group. They as were a always team. as a team. Yeah. yeah. They weren't weren't against each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of what made them so frightening to the Greeks. I do want to, yes. before I forget, point <laughs> yeah, out sure. one more thing. Uh-huh. Uh, in the in the uh, Virgil's Aeneid, there, the, the thought is that Camilla, the warrior woman in that, is somehow based on Penthesilea. Camilla is another. Oh. She deserves a shout out. She's an amazing warrior woman. Nice. I love one of the descriptions of her just to say she's so fast. That she could run above, like you know, uh, stalks of wheat or whatever, and without having right. rustling any of them. So right. she just was that fast, cool. you know. Anyway, so that's a shout out for Camilla. Awesome. All right. So yeah, shall we move on to Hippolyta? Mm-hmm. So. So Hippolyta, as we mentioned earlier, is often associated in Greek myth with uh, Heracles or Hercules, as the Romans later came to call him. And, um, you know, there's this wonderful story about how one of the many labors that Hercules was given was that he needed to get the war belt of Hippolyta. And so he gets a ship and a whole bunch of men and sails over to Themyscira, where, where Hippolyta is queen, and is hanging out with her women, again, never alone, always in community with other women. And, you know, he walks up and they're like, welcome, sit down, have a drink, relax. You know, they, they, they have this air of openness and welcoming, you know, he has a pretty fearsome reputation. He's murdered a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people intentionally, unintentionally. He basically just lays waste to everyone around him. And they're like, they're, they're not afraid. Nope. Not afraid. And when he said, We understand this, hospitality, like, yes. which was supposed to be a thing then. Which was a yeah. huge thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The importance of treating a guest well. I mean, that's, that's really good. Really good point. I just yeah. have to say, we have a, a companion podcast called The Parallax. We did uh, with Dr. Gary Stickle. We went through the, the Iliad and the Odyssey chapter by chapter. And Gary pointed that out. That's really important for the Greeks. Hospitality, I think, is. Zenia, Z-E-N-I-A. I'll have to look that up, but I, and I'll of course cut it out if it's completely wrong. But I think it's, <laughs> I think that's the Greek word for it. So. But it's this idea yeah. that if someone is your guest, you cannot do them wrong, no matter right. who they are. Mm-hmm. If they yeah. are your arch enemy, if they are your guest, you have right. to treat them well. Right. Um, so the laws of hospitality, they welcome him in, and he says, you know, so I've come for your war belt and not your, not your girdle your war not belt your girdle <laughs> your war belt and Hippolyta's like okay you can have it 
Top so, level hospitality. Top level hospitality. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. So then, of course, they have to find a reason for Hercules to fight the Amazons because, you know, they've established the Amazons as these amazing badass warriors. So the only way Hercules can prove himself to be a man in Greek thought, of course, is that, well, he has to beat an Amazon. It's like the power right. of the hero. And we need the top one, right? We can't yeah. get the regular one. We got to go for the top. It has to be a queen. It has to be the, the queen of the Amazons. Yeah, yeah. So in order to prove how amazing a hero he is, he has to do in the queen of the Amazons, even though she's got no beef with him. Yeah. Right. Well, I thought, I mean, I thought that was interesting. I mean, you guys pointed out something I really hadn't thought about the hospitality angle, because I, I kept thinking, well, here's another one of the stories where, you know, the, the hero is just supposed to be such a heartthrob that the, uh, the Amazon just goes, you know what, you can have my girdle. I'd like to go with you. Right. Let's, let's you could be my, you know, let's date, you know, that kind of thing. So. <laughs> nuh Check that's the box. Do you like me? Yes <laughs> or no. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so she goes with him to see his ship because, you know, he's a warrior, she's a warrior. Let me see. You look at each other's your ships, your swords, you kind of exactly. check things compare out. Compare yeah. swords, compare axes, let me see your tackle, yeah. you know. how. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you know, the evil Hera. Who... Of course, yeah, I thought we were going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, I have, uh, I have... You know, Sean we love we love Hera here. We right? love we, Hera. We love here. Hera. So yeah, and let's give we, her, uh, let's give her a, uh, right. She deserves that <laughs> because you know she has been scapegoated. <laughs> yes, as the ultimate like here is was a, an incredibly powerful goddess in her own right, a matriarchal goddess. You know, the mother goddess. And and they turn her into like a bitchy scold, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, it's and it's what's so crazy too is it's like Zeus is not just and we're we're doing uh, metamorphosis on the companion channel, and it's like I'm almost ready to stop stop down mm -hmm. on it because Zeus doesn't ask any consenting interaction with anybody. Right. Like yeah. he just takes every, and of course she's supposed to be like, hey. Listen, right. Zeus is just going having a good time. I, I should. Why is she getting so upset about this? Well, yeah, it's a little bit, uh, yeah, insane. You know, so, and yes. I have, I have an interesting thought process about this too because most of the time they try to disempower different goddesses by just having Zeus rape them, and oh, if he can, he's more powerful. She must not be. So I was like, okay, why not rape Hera? Why not? Why is Hecate still given a good position? And it occurs to me that maybe they were just scared of those goddesses. <laughs> you know, like they they couldn't tell the story that they got raped. They couldn't tell the story that, oh, because they they believed they were real. They didn't want to get retribution. So how do I make this very powerful goddess seem less uh, worthwhile while she's so jealous that she just does all these petty things because we're really too scared to diminish her any other way. But, you know, so now we go after her just being a jealous type of goddess, but they must've been scared of her and her power because they, they didn't step over certain lines when they were maligning her, mm. you know, stuck with the, Oh, she was just so jealous that she did these petty things, but Zeus never got up on, got one up on her. They did not say that Zeus raped her. <laughs> so That's she might have been kind of something they didn't want to touch because you don't want a god or a goddess to take retribution on you. Yeah, they were basically saying she used her powers for bad things instead of good things. They weren't saying that she wasn't yeah. powerful. Exactly. Interesting. So she and Hecate, they both got to be powerful. They didn't. They didn't say they weren't powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had to wait until the Middle Ages when they turned yes. Hecate into a witch. Right. And that's that's how they took her down finally. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. It does say a lot of that is a real interesting insight because it does say a lot about that culture that they have. You know, they had to honor, and this maybe feeds into the things we've talked about with Vicky, that there is this earlier substrate of a matriarchal world that they're in that they, they all recognize and the echoes are there through the amazons etc so yeah maybe they don't want to touch those goddesses although they have to of course diminish them so that's yeah. that's the key right. but, so, but also boom. yeah sorry go ahead. 
way they chose to is insightful about whether they were maybe a little scared of them still, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it could, it could be. Well, also the idea, too, that in diminishing them, they, they sort of present this circumstance that we, I think, not just for modern eyes, but also for ancient eyes, there were commentaries on it, that Zeus's abduction. Uh, I'm trying to remember who the ancient author, I think, sort of, uh, like first or second century BC about like, Hey, uh, or maybe even a little bit early, like, like, uh, yeah, these abductions are wrong. We all know it, but you know, what are you going to do? This is what happens. But there is even an awareness then that this, this kind of behavior is awful, but yet in the myths themselves, we're still supposed to go, well, why is Hera getting so upset about it? Right. You know? Right. So it, says, it gives little, you, yeah. 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 The whole and in yeah. the case of Hippolyta, I feel like basically the story of Hera's giving um, Achilles cover for his dick move, which is you're not supposed to violate hospitality rules. You're not supposed to kill your host. That's that's really bad. But they had to find some reason why it was OK. So you get the goddess of hearth and home instigating it. Looks like it's her fault. But really, it was a dick move this person who treated you well and given you her belt and you kill her. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the story goes that they're on the ship and, and Hercules is, you know, hosting Hippolyta on his ship and uh, Hera disguises herself as another Amazon and says to the Amazons back at camp that uh, Hercules is planning to abduct Hippolyta. And so they, mount up and ride and, you know, stream down towards the ship. Hercules sees them coming in full war regalia. Doesn't bother to try to find out what's right. going on. <laughs> don't Just ask turn- any questions. No, nope, don't ask any questions. Just turns around, kills Hippolyta, steals her belt, steals her axe and sails away. Right. There, There's something about not to go spend too much time on uh, Hercules, but it's, uh, he he's another one of those examples of it. He's a figure that I feel like had to have been based on some actual loon, mm. super strong, great fighter, lunatic, you know, mm. in the, in the, because there's just something about him that seems both real and insane in terms of just his behavior pattern. But that's a perfect yeah. example. He just slaughters like it just, right. Oh, oh really? Like, okay. Let's cut her head off. Oh, yeah. something might be going on here to heck with the fact that, I'm hosting this person on my ship, which is a hospitality moment. She was hospitable to me. I'm just going to instantly kill her. And I was like, wow, that's, that's just, that's just makes you a, a jerk. <laughs> Something, yeah. you know? I mean, it is, it is, he is, there's a reason why he is the most popular figure in Greece because he is like the poster child for patriarchal as opposed to matriarchal values. Like looks right. like I'm in danger. Kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. Kill someone. She hasn't He's done forced. anything to me, but I'll just kill her. I'm not even going to like throw her. I could just throw her over in the water, but nope, I'll just kill her. Kill you know, yeah. First, first, first response is, yeah. is overwhelming use of deadly force. Yeah. And, right. Which uh, has to be against the rules of hospitality, right? That has yeah. to be kind of rude. Yeah. And so much of these labors that Hercules was assigned to were because he'd done these horrible things. He was yeah. constantly doing these awful things and then having to atone for them by doing mm-hmm. something else that then gets screwed up. He does something awful and now he has another thing that he has to atone right. for. Anyway, we're getting away from talking about the most important person in right. this story, which <laughs> is Hippolyta. Which happens yeah, exactly. with patriarchy if yes. you start focusing on the wrong person. Sure does. Well, but she also Do we have any... more stories about her than just her getting killed by? Because she must have been oh, yeah. kind of awesome with, too. With Theseus, we have the whole thing where you know, there's in one of the left because it's and the interesting thing is, and I don't don't uh, the same thing happens with you. There's the you'll get several stories, and they'll use different names of different Amazons, so they'll have the same role, but it'll be a different Amazon name. Now, one of the ones is with Apollota, but also I think there's another Amazon named. Is that yeah? They Theseus often call her Antiope. Antiope, exactly. Yeah, and that's the beginning of the Amazonomachy, the the war with the Amazons, which. Again, again, yet another example of this. There's too much specificity in this story, and there are too many things about the, in the Greek world where they talk about the locations of the battles to make me think that okay, again, they're just out of whole cloth making this thing up with this tribe. Right. But at any rate, so the idea is that again, she well, there's a couple of different ways the story is told. That uh, Theseus uh, 
was one of the companions of Hercules. And so in this story, he takes, Hippolyta goes with him, because again, when you meet one of these big, strong Greek guys, ancient Greek warrior guys, who, what Amazon is not going to be just like, yeah, just throw date? everybody over. Exactly. I'm going to go date him. Exactly. They're so dreamy. It's very, very <laughs> high school. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you're the queen of this great, incredible tribe that has conquered. Who space, needs but, that? But you don't need that. You just want to be, so, you just want to be Theseus's wife. Yes. One of many, and yes. it's a and it's a very yes. short-lived position. You might notice. Yeah, yes. they well, keep dying. Right. The the great thing too in this myth is that so there's a couple of versions. There's the one version where not only does she become his wife, but she fights against, as she should, being a good wife to a great Greek warrior. She fights against her own tribe that she ruled. Oh my god! Not unlike they, Athena. Who turned yeah. her back on the women all the time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, she's going to be to the Greeks. I don't one really of the believe that ones. about Athena. I think Athena was also somewhat maligned. <laughs> I, <laughs> you yeah. know, or co-opted, right? Co-opted, exactly. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Co-opted. And and her earlier forms before the Greeks really got a hold of her were quite different. But yeah. the Athena that we read about in Greek myth is definitely, yeah, is definitely uh, co-opted to serve the patriarchal ideas of Greece. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sean, you were saying. No, no, absolutely. This is where we're going into this world and realm. Yeah, no, she So we have the one story where she joins with Theseus and she says, listen. I, you know, I used to lead these, these gals, but I've had enough of them. You're my man. We're going, <laughs> we're thrown down with them. So she helps oh, him fight. But then there's the other one that goes to the thing you're mentioning, Dawn. One of the other legends is that she's with him, which I actually think is more likely if she had ended up with him. And he decides, you know what? I was excited by you, but it's getting old. I need somebody new. So he finds someone new and then the Amazons rise up to defend her because she's been insulted and thrown aside and so now you have the war with the amazons but it's this you know you were talking about don it's one of the most in greek art you know it's it's depicted so often this war with the amazons and so they surround athens where they they dig it into trench warfare and they're just just knocking people down i mean they're just having a they're they're taking the day most of the time in this battle right so yeah, there are there are uh, descriptions of how before they attacked Athens, they subdued all of the surrounding countryside. They built a fortress. They the battle, you know, the war went on for three years. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just that like they came over, they tried to fight, and then Theseus wiped oh. them all out. Oh, yeah. isn't that cute? Um, right. They were they were serious. They were a serious strategic fighting Effective. force. Yeah. Yes. Let let me throw this out there. Let's again. I'm going to push my the the Amazons were real uh, motif. Let's say this: if something like this did happen, if there was a tribe, was a warfare. Now, knowing what we know about the ancient Greeks, is this not their worst case nightmare scenario? You have a tribe of women and only women, just decimating everyone right. in the countryside, and now you're under siege for them. So all of these other legends and things that come out of this or a function maybe of this historical trauma. (laughs) (laughs) The women know how to fight and they might win. (laughs) Exactly. Post-traumatic, post-patriarchal traumatic, traumatic, uh, you know, stress syndrome, whatever. It's like that's where so many of these legends flow from, that this idea that this worst case scenario of these people that we talked about with Aristotle, these, what did Aristotle say about women? Aristotle said they were uh, in deformed men or inferior men, something yeah. like that. Um, so people that they don't respect, yet now here they go. So I think that's an interesting aspect of the story right. when you start looking at where where some of this stuff may flow from. I'm sure there will be scholars screaming if they hear this, but so what? Oh, so, well, yeah, but the they, they, they're so determined to believe that women were never warriors. They're so quick to believe it. There's such a deep embedded bias around this that yeah of course they won't like hearing this well remember remember <laughs> oh, well. dawn the story we talked about with the etruscan the warrior woman uh they had found this tomb and 
they found the tomb and they and there was a, a woman when and they, a man. Yeah, when they yeah. thought the skeleton was a man, the story was, of course, that he's a great warrior and all these right. weapons around were his weapons. And, and the uh, charred remains of another skeleton that was next to the jewelry box on the shelf. Well, clearly that was either his wife or his concubine with her, you know, her womanly things, her jewels and, and that right. cute. And, all and her womanly things. sword. She probably used it to cut her hair or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, then they found out. <laughs> Of course, you know, once they had um, once they had greater tools at their disposal and they tested the, the, the warrior man skeleton right. and found out it was a woman, then, of course, the story completely changed. Completely changed. Yeah. Yeah. Which was hilarious, too, because it's a warrior man skeleton and she's older than the, the, the right. boy. Yeah. Her boyfriend is like, a, so she had her little side piece and she right. was the, the, and so suddenly no one cared about this, this, this chamber because they were celebrating this as like we have found this warrior prince right. chamber this was amazing then well and it was there... amazing discovery and it was so detailed and there were so many artifacts and grave goods and that sort of thing and then it was like oh it's a it's a it's a woman forget that <laughs> exactly. well thank god they thought she was a man for a while so we got all the details <laughs> before <laughs> they figured it out <laughs> so, since we got to know. learn about her yeah yes. I think I think oh, we should do a mini podcast on just that one, a little like maybe 10, 15 minute piece just on that one particular thing, just so it's always out there and <laughs> right. people will be able to see it. Anyhow, but uh, so that's, yeah, Hippolyta has that that aspect in that she is, you know, both the story with Hercules and also in some stories, the, the scorned lover of Theseus or the dutiful wife of Theseus, right. depending on which tale you tend to like. Yeah. Right. So, well, wanna shall we kind of put a bow on this, wrap this up with our story of these two warrior women? We have many yeah. Amazon stories to tell, but oh, so many. Probably... Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Maybe at some point we should um, make a collection of all of the various, um, mm-hmm. you know, a bibliography of all of the various uh, sources of um stories about amazons in the ancient world but yeah. uh, maybe we can remember to put them in the show notes this time we'll see yeah. i know we're busy if, yeah it would be a or, very long list yeah, yeah. Well, I, we could add the ones we talked about today though there you go and also it'd be great it's hard if you're it's... driving i listen to this podcast a lot while driving it's hard oh, to write God. the resources down <laughs> <laughs> While you're driving. So if you can go back to the show notes later, that's a well, nice thing. Well, and also take a look on our Facebook page for 34 right, Circe's um, media, yeah. and we'll have some of the yeah. sources there. Yeah. Oh, and we can't a... we can't forget our announcement about Sean. We, oh. I don't know if we're wrapped up with this podcast, but we we're, have to we're talk wrapping, about Sean. Yes. <laughs> oh, so. I'm not going to talk about me, so I'm going to... Yeah, that's okay. So we were going to film this a couple days ago when it would have been on Sean's birthday, but since since there was a few conflicts, uh, we decided to move it a couple days, and I purchased a gift for Sean because I know how Sean how hard Sean works, and I know occasionally we have a bad recording that needs super super sound help, and um, so I wanted to make sure that it was easy for people to find the Patreon page. So I bought the web address, love mmga.com. So that's MMGA, make matriarchy great again. So if you type in love mmga.com and you feel inclined, you could buy Sean a cup of coffee. Maybe you could buy him a cup of coffee every month. I don't know, but I think that would be a lovely birthday gift. And all those cup of coffees may add up one day so that if we have a terrible sounding podcast, Sean can pay a sound engineer (laughs) to fix that podcast. So if yeah, which we do occasionally. We've had a couple where there was no way we could have put it up the way it was because of yeah. background yeah. noise and you know technical difficulties and things like that. And so we had to hold on to those episodes until we had enough money to be able to pay a sound yeah. engineer to edit the sound on that particular yeah. episode. So yeah. So my gift to you, Sean, is this website, lovemmga.com. And if you'd like Thank to also you. give Sean a gift, consider donating a few dollars to him um, to help us with the podcast. That Happy is birthday, very, Sean. very kind of you. Very sweet. Thank you so much. I will You're give welcome. you a, a round of applause. And... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to hear that. Well, I 
think that's uh, we obviously will have more to talk about on this subject, of course, because we love it. But um, thank you both. And I hand the reins back onto the goddess Dawn to lead us to the end. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you so much thank you, for Dawn. joining. Thank yes. you, Sean. Thank you, thank Lauren. You. And thank, thank you, you Lauren. Sean. And uh, thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Thank you, um, tune in again for our next uh, podcast. And uh, we will uh, we will be speaking with you soon. Take care, everyone, and blessed be.